Welcome to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I'm Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to the premier podcast for business owners ready to elevate their influence and impact in the industry. Have you ever wondered how digital marketing can revolutionize your business? Well, with two decades of experience empowering business leaders, consultants, and coaches, I understand the transformative power of digital marketing. Today, we're not just discussing strategies, we're crafting your digital legacy. In each episode, we'll dissect the trends, strategies, and insights that are shaping the future of marketing. You'll walk away with actionable knowledge to thrust your business forward and stories of local enterprises making a global impact. Are you ready to turn insights into action? Let's jump into today's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing and start shaping your legacy. Welcome back to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I'm sitting down today with somebody that's joining us from across the pond, but she's not, that's not where I met her originally. I met her here in the United States and I invited her to be a part of my social profit lab event that I held in 2023. It feels like it was just yesterday, but been over a year now since that event. But she, I've always really enjoyed this guest take on personal branding, what the heck it is, why you need to do it. And her personal brand, I see the color red and I don't, I'm not mad. I'm excited because I know that means that Christine Gritman is around. Yes, today's guest is Christine Gritman and she empowers professionals to step into their personal brands in a bigger, bolder way on social media. I think that a lot of people don't really understand why you need to have a personal brand if you are working in corporate. Why don't you have the corporate brand? Why should you have a personal brand? And that's what we're going to talk about today because it's really important in this world of awareness and online marketing and digital marketing and podcasts and social media. All of it comes back to who you are and what your brand is. Christine has spoken on stages all over the world and is a frequent expert guest on different podcasts, live streams, blog posts, as well as hosting her own weekly podcast, which was in the Apple Top 100 charts. So let's talk to Miss Christine Gritman, the host of Let's Talk About Brand. Thank you so much for joining me today, Christine. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. And thank you for that awesome intro. I'm like, oh, she sounds pretty impressive. She sounds like someone I should follow. I should listen to her. <laughs> well, and for those of you that are just listening to the podcast, go check out Christine on the internet or watch this on YouTube because she's sitting here with her fabulous red lipstick. <laughs> I it, I don't know if I've ever seen you without your red lipstick, but it matches that curtain behind you. And talk about branding. I mean, there you are, like Christine Gritman and red. It's It goes hand in hand. And so, it's funny. People used to ask me if the red curtain that's always behind me was real or not. And right now it's, it's <laughs> wrinkled just because of life right now. And I'm like, okay, so you can tell it's real. It's <laughs> real right there. Yeah, and it's funny. Um, you know, Christine, you recently moved over to the UK. I should I say recently, but it was a full year in process moving over there and I'm so pr proud of the move that you did. I think that it was a lot of work uprooting and moving to a whole new country. Yeah, it's just 
I don't know if I would have the courage to do it. So, you know, kudos to you. Thank you. And it helps to hear that because I sometimes forget that I did a really big thing. Like I look back at my 2023 and I'm disappointed with some progress I didn't make and all these things. And then I'm like, no, you did a huge, big, scary, awesome thing. Like yeah. be gentle with yourself. At the same time, it's 2024 now. So yeah. Well, and and think that as entrepreneurs, we are always in that hustle mindset. Like yeah. these were my goals for the year. And oh my gosh, I didn't achieve this part. But well, at the same time, if you go back and look at, well, I did do this, I did do this, I did I did a lot. <laughs> so kind of just giving yourself the room for and grace for as you're growing your business. And well, you know, Christine, when I, you and I first connected, you were one of the few people on Twitter and Facebook that was, had the blue check mark. And now just about anyone can pay for the blue check mark. I do, but I mean, but this, because I want people to know it's me because there's a lot of people that were impersonating me and trying to sell people crypto in the DMS. And so I paid for the blue check mark, but you were one of those people that had the blue check mark when it was still like only for celebrities and well-known figures and writers. And that's and where you're from. Journalists. And journalists. how I got it. So before I was in social media, before I was in personal branding, before any of that, I was a journalist for a little while. It was actually a really short period of time that I was a professional journalist, but it was a really profound period of time. It was a time of a lot of change, a lot of possibility being realized, including discovering for the first time the power of personal branding, honestly, (laughs) because I became kind of a local media figure so that I just kind of got how to leverage it. And I wound up getting promoted to a position in the newsroom, helping others do the same. And also using social media as a business tool. It was still on the new side for many of us. And especially using it as a business tool was pretty new. So I got an opportunity in the newsroom to sort of play with how to really engage our audiences. What sort of like right down to we would there was another person who was kind of in charge of this in the newsroom, but she was just kind of learning, too. And we did things like post the same video with different first screens, like still screens, cover images, and seeing the difference in engagement we got from those things, all of that. So it was a really great time to learn. And eventually I left that job to start my own business in social media. And that was seven years ago. Yeah. I think that's one of the things with social media, you started really going in strategically from a branding side of things, right when I was still kind of launching my business. And I think that What you did from going from the personal brand, as opposed to what I was doing, was just getting businesses post-created. You went in from, hey, I'm the original creator that's coming up with these ideas. I'm the thought leader here. And that's what really personal brand is, you know, is stepping in and saying, okay, so this is what I think. This is what I'm about. So just talk to us a little bit about the importance of knowing your personal brand and how that is a little bit different than the business brand. Absolutely. So it's interesting. One thing that always bugs me when people change careers, as I've done several times in my life, is when they say that in the new career, they're starting from scratch. I don't believe in that. 
I don't believe anyone's ever truly starting from scratch because whatever you're doing, first of all, you're bringing all your past experiences to the table, which give you a unique point of difference. You are coming at what you do from the perspective of all that is behind you. So I believe that anyone who's doing anything new, they're bringing the things they've done in the past. They're bringing some experience. They're bringing transferable skills to that new venture. But then also, if you have a personal brand, if you have people who, and I always have to shout out Bob Berg, know, like, and trust. If you have people who know, like, and trust you, which we all do, right, in some capacity, that can really also help ease that transition into whatever you want to do in the future. So in my case... I was getting known, liked, and trusted by engaging with my local community as a journalist. And I start, people started asking me to talk to them about social media. And my reaction at first was, but I don't know anything about social media. <laughs> but then I realized I knew more than they did. And I realized that I could learn and geek out on it and actually, you know, fill those knowledge gaps that I felt like I had. And so because people had already told me that they trusted my expertise, and then I built the actual expertise to back it up. I was able to go from being a journalist to being a social media person. My business has also evolved. I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But I was able to make that transition, even though I'd never held a social media job before. I was able to get clients because they knew who I was. They trusted my expertise. They liked me. And they already had me in their head as someone who, who, could, who knew what I was doing with my own social media. So they trusted me to do theirs. So I did theirs briefly. That's when I first started my business in 2016. I did social media for small local businesses. And then I moved into teaching small business owners how to do their own social media better which is part of what I do now as a personal brand strategist as well. I teach people, you know, people all say, oh, I don't know what to post. I don't know what's going to actually be the best for me in terms of not only of business, but also in terms of not hating it and getting myself to do it consistently. I really am a huge proponent of people doing their own social media. And part of that is because of the personal, not only the personal brand, which is, you know, them being able to see the people behind the company or the person who is the company, like I am, like you are. Um, yeah. But in addition to that, I also feel like your story as someone in the business is really, you know, incredibly valuable. I think people discount that they want something more perfected, more glossy, more professional, but especially for smaller businesses and especially for one person businesses, the personal is really where the power lies. That really is where the point of difference is. That is the only true competitive advantage that any of us really have because someone else does what we do. Yeah. No matter who we are, no matter what we do, someone else does it. What's <laughs> the point of difference? Your people or yourself. Yes. And that's so true. I I would love to be the only person out there that does social media strategy, but I'm not. not. Yeah. I have to take all the crappy clients. <laughs> Like someone else who has more patience can deal with the people I don't want to deal with. I know who I'm right for. <laughs> well, and I think that's a really good point that you made there is there's a lot of people out there that do what you do. Mm -hmm. And the differentiator is you. And so, and this is what I tell a lot of people, it, it, well, what I push out on social media. So for the next step, social communications business I am the lead gen. Katie Brinkley is the lead gen. You bring them in. You're the magnetic personality. Uh, well, 
<laughs> well, thank you. But I mean, like, when, you know, that we've spoken on stages together before. So speaking on stages, that's lead gen. The podcast is lead gen. My I am Katie Brinkley Instagram, that is the lead gen. And once people know, like, and trust me and understand what I offer and they decide they want to work with me, well, they get the entire Next Step Social company to come in and do the work that's that I've been trained with. And I think that this is where a lot of businesses are, aren't quite grasping that there needs to be, a, the personal brand is the lead gen, is the brand awareness that brings people in to either work one-on-one with you as, you know, like if people want to work with Christine Gritman as a consultant, they can bring you in and hire you and have you teach them how to do all this. Yeah. Then they should, but, and then, or whether you're a one person, you know, consultant like you are, or if there is an agency behind like me, they're still getting the same, you know, me and you are the lead gen. And so I think that with entrepreneurs, understanding that a personal brand is different than the business brand it just is a shift in in the way you think about what content you're pushing out, right? It's where the trust is. I mean, there's no better way to build trust than from a person to another person. I, I tend to be not the most analytical marketer by my own admission, but I spoke at an event last year that really did require several slides of, you know, hard data. They're like, we need everything to be backed up. That's what our audience has said that they wanted. So I said, okay, fine. I will go get statistics to back up what I already know to be true. (laughs) And it wasn't hard to find. And it really was just so much about how No matter what your business puts out there, no matter what your business does, people will always trust people. And that means that people will trust the people within your business. There were, I don't have the numbers handy, but it talked about how if the CEO and the, the founder or basically very senior people in the company have an online presence as themselves, not as the company, as themselves, if you get to really see the individual running things, People trust the company so much more, but also even lower level employees. If there are people out there within your organization who people come to trust as experts, they will in turn pass that trust along to your organization, even if the person is not talking about the company. And this is really key. When I talk to people about personal brands within organizations, a lot of people say, oh, that's employee ambassadorship or whatever. And I'm like, That is, you know, the company says, hey, everyone share this message with your networks. That's not what I help people on. What I help people on is you're smart. You know your stuff. You have expertise to share. So share it. Build a name for yourself. You don't have to be in business for yourself to get those accolades to become a thing. You can be employed and still become recognized within your industry as someone who knows their stuff. And that's good for your employer too. It is good for giving you options if your employer doesn't uh, appreciate you. But smart employers are increasingly realizing that if they appreciate those people and if they encourage that type of growth for their employees, that it's actually good for the company, both in terms of that reflected trust and also because the employee, that brilliant person who's building name for themselves, feel supported. They feel like they're able to grow within their organization. So they are less likely to leave, which is huge. And I think this is where people get really nervous about it. Like, well, wait a second. You know, I don't know how I feel 
about, I mean, like, is that okay? I don't want to get fired and have people think that I'm trying to go behind their backs. Like, how do I do this with corporate involved? And do I really have to share my story? Do I really have to post on social media, Christine? No, you don't have to. But in terms of that, so yes, there are companies that have that old school mindset of we don't want our employees having personal brands. They belong to us. And, you know, think about that. Do you really want to work for an organization that feels that way about your personal career growth? Because as so many of us have seen, companies don't have that kind of loyalty <laughs> all the time, no matter how well your company treats you, even if they say, oh, we're all a family or, or things like that. The fact is, if budget demands it, they'll cut you. And so, you know, first of all, you want to make sure you have that sort of career security, even if you don't have job security, because none of us truly do. You want to have that career security of, well, I have connections. I have people who know that I know my stuff, not just people who have worked with me before. So I'm going to land on my feet. So there's that element. And that's also the part that some of those old school companies are afraid of. They say, well, you know, if that person is putting themselves out there, they're going to get poached by another organization. And that's why uh, I've started coming into to companies who recognize how wrongheaded that is. And they're like, okay, well, that's not the best way to do it. <laughs> because why would you only want the employees who can't get jobs elsewhere? You wouldn't. Like It's great if your employees are wanted elsewhere. And it's super great if they're wanted elsewhere and they stay with you. Because I don't know about you, but it's kind of a pain in the butt to change jobs. Honestly, like you have to fill out all the paperwork all over. It's a full-time job like to find weird, a full-time job. There's like weird adjustment periods. Like people aren't Sometimes you want to do that because you want a new challenge or whatever. But generally speaking, if you can get new challenges where you are, if you can move up where you are, if you feel valued and like you are still growing where you are, I mean, most of us are going to be inclined to do that. Uh, a lot of times people do leave because they want, they feel like they're kind of stagnating where they are. So this is a great solution to that. And any company will tell you it is so much harder to get quality new employees than it is to simply retain the good people you already have. And this is a really great way to do that, especially nowadays. I mean, back when my parents were getting their first jobs, it was expected you'd get a good job in entry level in a company that you'd be with till you retired with the gold watch and all of that, that has not existed in several generations now. Current generations are a lot more aware of the fact that, you know, you're not going to be at one place forever. So they're very aware of sort of protecting themselves. But if you can protect yourself and invest in your own career and look out for number one without having to move while still building where you are. That's best for everybody. That's best for the employer because they don't have to replace you. That's best for you because you are growing and you are still investing in the one thing you really get to take with you. So, I mean, I just, I, I think that more and more people are realizing it now. I'm hearing this conversation happening very differently now than it was just a few years ago. The pandemic and the economic fallout from that, which is still mm -hmm. ongoing certainly has impacted the way people view these things. And they realize that the thing they really need to develop is themselves. 
the, the yeah. thing that they have no matter what happens. Company lays you off, company goes out of business, something weird happens, that's what you have. But also, isn't it lovely if you can be developing yourself and getting that going while pulling that regular paycheck, while feeling valued and, and grown where you are and without having to leave? That's really what it's all about. We don't want to be job hopping. We don't. Most of us. It is interesting to me, the people that, that as you said, job hopping, like who are able to consistently move from job to job, like every year or every three years, because it's a lot of work. I remember- a lot of people put a good face on it and they're like, oh yeah, I wanted to do challenge. And then it actually turns out that they had gotten a crappy new manager or, you know, I just wanted to go in this direction, but that's because budget was cut for the direction that they were on. Like a lot of times people who do say, no, I'm just swinging from success to success. <laughs> There's usually something going on back there. They usually weren't compelled enough to stay. I wanted to have you on the show, Christine, because you talk about it from a entrepreneur standpoint, where whether you're a solopreneur, you are the like me, like I have six employees, but you know, like I am the CEO of this business. But you also come in from that huge 100 to 1000 plus employee consultant point of view where Everyone wants to be on the same page. And if you're not emphasizing or empowering your employees to have their own personal brand for your business, you're missing out on an opportunity. I, I kind of, you know, opportunity. I want to also point out that it also helps you within the organization because if people are freely sharing their gifts and expertise and what they're geeking out on in the way that you do when you're building a personal brand, it allows you to identify the people within your organization who can fill different spots that you need. It may be that someone is in a particular job that uses a particular subset of their skills, but they also have an expertise in this other thing that is not being put to use in their current position. And let's say something comes up and you need to fill something with this skill set. You may not have known that you have the talent already existing within your organization, but guess what? You do because now you see that person has been putting it out there. Similarly, if you are within an organization and you are putting out there what you're into and what you really want, you know, hopefully your name will come up in those conversations because hopefully there are people within your organization who know that about you, but they, you can't get the opportunity unless people know. Yeah, it's so true. So what would be your like first suggestion to people who are listening to this episode and they're like, all right, well, I'll go ahead and start posting on social media and building out that personal brand for me while building my business. What type of posts do you think would be beneficial or what type of content would you recommend? Or what are just some of the first steps for someone if they're ready to take action after listening to this episode? My number one thing always in terms of what you should be creating, where you should be hanging out, where you should be building is always what won't you hate? Because there will be people who say, oh, no, if you're in this industry, you should be here or, you know, be where your audience is. Yes, take those things into account as part of the context you'll be fitting into. But really what it comes down to is where won't you hate being? What won't yeah. feel like a chore? What won't feel like an extra job? What won't feel like a part you're playing? Because 
huge thing about your personal brand is you need to recognize that it's just you. It's you being you. You're not going to get it wrong. The only way to get it wrong is not to do it at all. So, so don't overstress it. Don't feel like you have to assemble this persona and test it out and then, you know, do a whole strategy for it and launch it. Yes, you can get to that point, but you have to start by just doing stuff because you need to be able to collect that data of what resonates, not only with your target audience, but also with yourself. You need to start doing things, start trying things so that then you can collect that data of, oh, I actually really liked doing that or, oh, I hated doing that. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I did this and no one reacted to it, but I did this and it started some really interesting conversations in the comments. You need to start in order to have any sort of data to build that strategy off of. And I do really want to emphasize the you not hating it part is a really important, you know, yes. KPI as it were, because if something performs with your audience, but you hate it, you're not going to do as good a job of it. You're not going to be consistent with it. Eventually, one of these days or weeks or months, you're not going to be able to convince yourself to do it. You're going to be like, well, this isn't my job. I'm going to not devote time to this silly little thing. And then it's not doing anything for you. Whereas if you start small, you start with what you don't hate doing. Maybe you start just kind of putting some text-based posts out there on Facebook or threads or something or, or LinkedIn, you start with just sharing some thoughts. And so you get a little more comfortable and you say, you know what, I'd like to compile these thoughts into something a little more official. So maybe you start doing a LinkedIn article, or maybe you start a blog, or maybe you even start doing a little video series where instead of writing these thoughts, you just speak them to the camera, whatever feels right to you. It's a build. You kind of say, all right, all right, I warmed up with this let's push it in this direction a little more. And that's how you build a strategy that you're actually going to be able to maintain. If you feel forced to do something because you feel like it's what you should do, it's not going to reflect your best. You're not going to bring your best to it and you're not going to be able to maintain it. I think that's such an important point that so many people need to pay attention to is what platform do you enjoy being on. So often I hear like the one of the most, and I'm sure you hear this too. One of the most common questions I get asked is one, well, what platform should I be on and what time should I post or how often should I post? I'm like, it really, honestly, it really doesn't matter. What matters is what platform you enjoy being on. So for example, I'm not on TikTok. The reason I'm not on TikTok is because I don't enjoy watching short form video. I know it's me. I'm that person. I'm the one person that I'm doesn't that like it. Um, <laughs> but give me, I, I, I'm not into it. And I mean, I, you have kids at home too. I mean, I'm watching that. Like it's, I'd rather watch a movie or watch a TV show I, instead of something on my phone. So, I mean, like TikTok isn't for me. I don't have it on my phone. I I'm not on the app. I don't create content for TikTok. Do I understand that there's a huge audience there? Absolutely. But at the same time, I have to be active on the platform in order to really build out my community and build my following. And if all I'm doing is just creating something and scheduling it through a scheduler and not actually being active on the platform, it's really just white noise. Absolutely. And it's tricky. TikTok, I always say, I have to know about TikTok. Yeah in case it's the right platform for someone I'm working with. So I do know about it. I've watched enough of it 
to kind of get a sense of it. I know how to direct people to get into it. I have no interest in building there. And for a long time, I did a lot of video and everyone said, oh my God, you have a TikTok personality. You should really be on TikTok. <laughs> I said, I don't want to add another platform right now. I just don't. Yep. I did try doing more Instagram reels for a little while and I've fallen off of that, but I may want to get back on that again because I do understand short form video is kind of where it's at right now. My kids watch a ton of YouTube shorts. Like that's like all they watch now, YouTube shorts. But I don't know. I have YouTube shorts, but they're just clips from my podcast that my podcast editor puts together. So there's a presence, but I'm not creating for the platform because I just don't feel like investing in the growth there. And that's another really important thing to know. It's put it, figuring out what you're going to put out there is not even half the battle. That's yeah. just the beginning. Once you hit post, that's the beginning. That's not the end. You have to mm -hmm. stay in it and engage. And if you're not going to do that on a given platform, that's not where you're building. I don't yep. care how good your content is. You're not going to build without participating in the conversation, without getting a conversation going to begin with and then participating it, in it. And then ideally leading people to actually, hopefully, buy from you. But you got to be in it. I have a presence on some platforms that are not where I'm building. Yep. And I do really understand the difference between those things. And I think everyone really needs to. It's not just about what you put out there. Where are you going to have relationships? Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And... Christine, this has been an awesome conversation. The time flew by, but if people want to work with you, I mean, absolutely listen to Christine's podcast. Let's talk about brand. It's on all the podcast platforms, but listen on Apple because she's a top 100 over there. And you know, Ooh, that way, if you listen over I on Apple, then until you told me, I love that. <laughs> Well, you can add that into your intro now, but listen on Apple because then that'll keep her in the, the top 100 go. chart. But yeah, so I think if people want to bring you in for any consultant work, they want to sit down and talk with you, they want to bring you in to speak at their event, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I would love for them to do all of those things, Katie. <laughs> so I'm the only Christine Gritman, which definitely helps. So that's Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Gritman is G-R-I-T, like when something's gritty, like sand, M-O-N, like Monday. And so I'm Gritman.com. You can find everything there, especially if you go Gritman.com slash about. It has links to everything else. Uh, again, my podcast, Let's Talk About Brand, is the best place to hear from me. I'm either Christine Gritman or C. Gritman, basically everywhere. I'm extraordinarily easy to find. Just try not to. No. So that's the best way to find me. I, I try to make myself really easy to find and really easy to get in touch with. <laughs> awesome. Well, Christine, thank you so much for joining us today on Rocky Mountain Marketing. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I hope you're leaving with valuable insights and the inspiration to lead your market. If you've enjoyed our time together and found today's podcast episode useful, I have a small favor to ask of you. Please hit that subscribe button to stay updated with the latest episodes. And if you know someone who could benefit from these episodes, maybe a fellow business leader or an aspiring entrepreneur, go ahead and share this episode with them. Let's spread the knowledge and grow together. Also, I'd love to hear from you and continue the conversation beyond the podcast. Visit me at katiebrinkley.com to connect, to find more resources, or just to share your journey. And be sure to pick up your copy of my new book, The Social Shift, at katiebrinkley.com book. 
Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Katie Brinkley, and I can't wait to dive into more strategies and stories with you on the next episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Let's keep on taking your marketing to new heights.